Welcome to What We Give, a podcast that highlights remarkable ways people are contributing to our community. I'm John McKay, the Member of Parliament for scarborough Gilwood. Today, we have Trevor Bullock, the Principal at Westfield Collegiate Institute, my former high school. He has a background in business and politics. He spent several years as political staffer for the Solicitor General at Queen's Park. He then moved on to education. After nearly 15 years of teaching and coaching basketball at Eastern Commerce, he was promoted to vice principal. He's passionate about building school capacity around anti-racism initiatives and strengthening community relationships. Here's my conversation with Trevor. Westfield Collegiate is one of the high schools that I went to. Um, and I remember going into the principal's office and being scared. So last time I was in your office, uh, Trevor, I was quite concerned that I'd done something wrong. Generally speaking, going into the principal's office is not a good thing. But um, I, uh, I do remember my time fondly. Now, I see, uh, Trevor, that... Um, uh, first of all, welcome. Um, and I see that uh, you were uh, born in Aurelia. Yeah, uh, I was uh, born at, born and raised in Aurelia. It was a great community to grow up in. Uh, you know, we we lived close to the beach, so as a youngster, it was often down and and uh, and spending time either at the beach or riding the bikes or playing the many different sports that they city had to offer and it was a real community that you got to grow up in you got to know pretty well uh, you know so many people and and that kind of shaped how I kind of uh, look at my experiences wherever I am to kind of morph their, my wherever I am into the community that you know I remember as a as a child. So well it's not Scarborough but it's close yeah. Uh, so were you close to the uh, Kuchiching Park? Yeah, yeah, we were just uh, two blocks from Kuchiching Park, so spent a lot oh. of time there. We were out in the so water. You, so you did, you did athletics day and night, night and day, did you? Yeah, well, you know, we played uh, lacrosse and hockey and football and all, everything that the city had to offer to, you know, keep us occupied and busy. So uh, you graduated from um, the high school in Aurelia and you went off to uh, McMaster yeah. to, uh, to study what? Yeah, I, I did a, a honors BCom in, in commerce. Uh, you know, coming out of the small town, I wanted to be able to storm the uh, big cities with a business degree and come out and, uh, you know, get a chance to, you know, work in the field. and. I really enjoyed the experience at McMaster. It's a great again. It was really a school that was an enclosed campus, had a real community feel, and uh, I actually have a twin brother, so both of us went to McMaster together. So, so it, you, it was a great experience. You went to Mac because you couldn't get into Queens. Is that the, is that the story? Yeah. Well, you know. As a, as, as a family, as a, I, I had my family, uh, brothers and my father all went there. So I had to buck the trend and do something different. Okay, so they're, they're disowning you, are they? At this point? <laughs> That's why I'm in Toronto now and not living in Aurelia. 
wrote you out of the will. Too bad yeah. for you. Yeah. So you you graduated from uh, from this uh, very good, but almost, uh, but not nearly as good an institution as Queens. Uh, yeah. And uh, and uh, what did you do after that? So uh, I, just after that, I got an opportunity to work as a political staff for a cabinet minister in the Ontario government, um, to, which was you know out of university was a tremendous experience. The the energy of, of working in those kind of offices, as you know, are, you know, nonstop. And it, it was it was really one of the things that I will always cherish of that, that opportunity. Well, uh, in Ottawa, we uh, call them the kids in short pants. Yeah. Uh, yeah they're, uh, they're, they're the recent graduates of university, know everything there is to know about yeah. Canadian politics. And they're telling some uh, some old fart uh, who's uh, won eight elections. Well, this is what you should do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Well, I, I worked with uh, Dave Christopherson, who eventually went on to to work in Ottawa yeah. too, and certainly yeah, well. he was a longtime member and and quickly showed our short our short pants that we needed to make sure that we're following the instructions and doing yeah. what we're supposed to do and. Really, I learned a great deal from from him. So was this when Christopherson was in government? Yeah, he was uh, MPP. That was in the uh, when the uh, Bob Ray government. Oh, really? Well, that would have been good. That would have been fun. Yeah. 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 The what you learn in those offices is just amazing, and uh, I think it's worth a, a second degree all by itself. Absolutely. You, we, you know, especially most of us were new to the experience. So everyone jumped in and you learned a lot along the fly and you really had to work hard to, to make sure that we were staying on top of everything. And it taught me a lot about and shaped how I, you know, how I look at everything I do as, as I, you know, moved to different careers. Well, uh, you know, a lot of life is just politics, man. It, uh, you know, trying to persuade people to do things yeah. that you think is yeah. in their best interest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my my father was a he ran for government for a number of years. So from a little kid, I was out knocking on doors and learning how to be a politician, and it, it's it's treated me well throughout my life. I uh, all my my kids have knocked on doors with me over the years and uh, some of the uh, stories that get repeated as family lore um, are just absolutely hilarious and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we had some memorable experiences memorable experiences and yeah. I, you know to, to your kids in your school if they uh, if they are remotely interested in politics even if they're not interested in politics and they're only there to get up the the, uh, the volunteer hours. Um, show up at a campaign. You'll you'll be surprised at yeah. what you'll learn. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, certainly with uh, Instagram and TikTok and everything, it, it's pretty amazing how much more politically savvy young people are today, and their willingness to get involved and support yeah. causes. And you know, I I think the future is bright with the with their knowledge and commitment to, to making us a better world. The day, there are days that I think, thank goodness for uh, those kids because the rest of us have screwed it up so badly. <laughs> now it's their turn to screw it up. Absolutely. Yeah.
So you became a teacher coming out of politics. Yeah. And uh, where did you where did you start teaching? Uh, so I started teaching at uh, Eastern Commerce, uh, which is a school uh, uh, on the Danforth, just yeah. Danforth and exactly where it is. Yeah, Coxwell area. Yeah. yeah. So my father went there. Sorry. My father went to oh, Eastern yeah. Commerce, and I believe my mother as well. That's how old that school is. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it shut down, but you know, with the pressures of so many, there were about five high schools in that neighborhood. So eventually with declining enrollment and the population change, it, it closed its doors, but I had an amazing experience there. I coached uh, basketball and it took me to places around the world. And really the thing that it did is showed me how we could use education and sports to inspire kids. and and had so many successes of winning championships, but getting kids on to university and, and you know, a number of them are TDSB teachers today. Yeah, well, um, uh, but, you know, none of them could possibly have been as good as the West Hill uh, teams, you know, like really. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly. Warriors, aren't they? Yes, uh, yeah, and you know what? We had many, many great battles with the West Hill Warriors. In fact, they had when when we were playing them, they had Denham Brown here, who still holds the record for 111 points in one game. So, My goodness, pretty, pretty impressive basketball players coming out of this school too. Well, I I hate to admit it, but I was a starting guard for the uh, for the uh, junior team, uh, and uh, when I was in grade 11 which shows you how bad we were, but we were so bad, we still won the Scarborough championship. Wow. So, yeah, and then we uh, transferred, our entire team transferred to Laurier the next year because Laurier opened a, and we were the Scarborough finalists. But, um, but I, I, from time to time, go into your gym or go into the school and I watch the kids play these days. Oh my goodness. I don't think I could carry the water water pail for most of these kids. What they can do with a basketball? Well, it's pretty impressive, and you know, I think that you know, sports has changed, and kids become dedicated to one sport rather than when you know, when we were kids, you play so many different sports. So mm -hmm. at at twelve and thirteen, they're specialists in sports and become so good at it. it, it it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good trend, actually. Yeah, uh, I no, I, the, I take the Gretzky view of things that, you know, just play whatever you want to play until you're 10 or 12 years old. And then then if you want to, yeah. if you're good I, at something. I agree. Kids put so much into one basket and lose out on so many different opportunities that, you know, yeah. could have helped shape who they are. So are you still are you still doing some coaching? Uh, yeah, I've coached pretty well every year since, uh, you know, since I moved on from there, even though I'm in admin. Some schools often have shortages of coaches this, these years. So I say, you know, oh, if you need me to help, I'll do it for the kids. When really I'm doing it for myself because I love <laughs> doing it. But, you know, it, it is it is whatever level to get out and help and just give students a chance to to play. I'm always happy to do yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember uh, my coach at Laurier, actually, his name was Warren Campbell, who was actually uh, a physicist. Um, 
wicked smart guy. Um, yeah, we called him Soupy Campbell. And, uh, and uh, but a, a huge influence. I remember him, you know, in retrospect, a huge influence uh, on my life. So, so what do you do in the middle of a COVID uh, with, um, with your school kind of half shut down? Is, are the well, that, you know, that's the hard part. And those, those keys, those extracurriculars we're talking about and those memories that you're just mentioning are one of the difficult things to replicate in these kind of situations. And, you know, we've been really lucky. And, you know, I attribute it to our students. Our students have been just amazing at following the protocols and, doing what they're supposed to. They line up each morning, they they go through the self-assessment and make sure they're coming in to school feeling well. And if not, we have many students who are also, you know, staying at home when they're not feeling well and doing what they're supposed to to make sure we're all staying safe. So we we have had no we haven't had to shut down any classes at our school. So we've been really lucky going through the Athletic teams. Are you still got some athletic teams going? No, unfortunately, they have no no extracurricular activities at all. Can be running right now. So, we you know we're doing some things. We had our student council has been amazing, and as we talked about student leadership, they've they've done some spirit things to keep things going, and then come and did some challenges between classes so that at least we could have some interaction going, but. As of right now, all clubs and teams are pretty well on pause until we can get back to where our students can get together. Yeah, your your um, first and foremost job is actually, of course, as an educator. And so, you know, you talk about the loss of, of athletic teams, and I assume uh, other uh, other kinds of clubs that are not not operating. So what's your, as, a, as an educator, and you see these kids going through their high school year, and they're not getting exposed to the things that you and I would think are just absolutely uh, critical to uh, a positive experience in education. What is it that you worry about uh, with these kids missing out on these, these opportunities? Well, you know, I, I think it is it is having a detrimental effect on some of the youth. And I think especially those who are not even attending school. I mean, a big part of why we're doing this and here is to give students a chance to get out of their home and get back to a bit of a normal routine and be in a classroom and interact with others. And so right now we only have classes of up to 15 and kids stay half the class comes one day and half the class comes the next day so that we can minimize exposure. And then the other time they're at home doing work. So that that is the, our, right now our key focus is on making sure that we're giving the students the opportunity to, to come out and come into the building and interact with each other and interact with the teachers, which for their mental health is huge. But we are also you know well aware that you know, staying at home and being missing out on these things is really difficult. So we've done some things like we have our, this month we're starting our, we're having our academic awards assembly virtually. Our amazing staff here has put together a presentation to brought the students down, got their photos taken, and we're going to do a virtual presentation so that 
you know, we're not missing out on those things. And, you know, we're doing our, our grads from last year. They missed out on that opportunity to work walk across the state. So we've organized a virtual ceremony for them coming up in December so that they can get a chance to sit down and watch and be part of a virtual assembly so that, you know, we are trying to embed some of those normalcies in what we do, even though it, it is a little harder to do that. Um, and, you know, we listen and we support kids where we can because, you know, th th we, we, and we go out and we try and find those students who need that extra support and provide it through our many different avenues in our school so that we are helping them get to hopefully the next, you know, six months where we'll be back to some normal situation. Yeah, I, I mean, we're all going in this uh, in, in some level together. I, I must admit as a practicing politician, I find it difficult to, to uh, fulfill what I consider to be the, the job requirements. Uh, if I'm here in Scarborough and, uh, and everything else is happening in Ottawa, but you know, we have our, we have our requirements as well that you can't can't uh, fill up the chamber beyond fifty people and mm -hmm. uh, committees on on meet by hybrid or virtual. But I have to say that I I have a sense of detachment um, to the process, and I was just wondering whether um, you know you've observed uh, kids who. Uh, uh, you know, are uh, struggling, uh, or maybe not even struggling, you know, good students, uh, people are really, kids who are really enthusiastic about school, and uh, are they struggling with um, some level of a detachment? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've got, it, it's uh, on varying levels with students, and some, some, and I think, again, it, there's luckily that there's at least a social media attachment and availability for students who who you know can keep connecting with friends and that 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 is helpful i know i have a daughter who's in grade 10 right now and uh she's at school and she really likes to be able to go in and and connect with people and but she has some friends who are staying home who are also enjoying that because they they like to be able to do things at, at their own pace Mm. So are struggling, uh, many of them with um, in many different ways. We we had to go out and purchase computers just so that we could make sure every student in the school had a device so that they could log on and do their online work. And you know those those things are are huge barriers and and a lot of stress on students. So we've done some things like that. We have our guidance department is constantly reaching out with to students who are having difficulty connecting and we're finding out what, what's going on with them. We're working with parents to provide resources if they need support. And we do have a social worker and a psychologist who have a huge caseload right now because students are struggling. And especially to that the whole structure of school has changed. Rather than doing eight courses over a year, now students are doing two courses concentrating on them for two two months and a bit and then that's done so we're just finishing the first set of two courses and we, we're 
have three hours and 45 minute classes for students. So oh they're sitting goodness. in one class for three hours and 45 minutes. And, you know, I just sat with a young man today who he came in at 1030 and it was like, why are you late? And he says, I, I can't sit in class for three hours and 45 minutes. And it's mm -hmm. like, I have trouble sitting down for yeah. three minutes. Well, yeah. Yeah, particularly teenage boys. I mean, they, you know, yeah. they're just, their hormones are jumping all over the place and they're jumping all over the place. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've got nothing but sympathy for, yeah. for school kids. Three hours and 45 minutes in one place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we built in, we've got lots of different things. Every class has a, as a, you know, they have a break schedule. We have an amazing foods program in our school. So they put together, uh, we, uh, we bought bags and they put together snack bags for each class every day. And so we have snack breaks. We have, we've created different spots in the school. So classes can go out of their area to somewhere else. So at least they're getting a bit of a change in their environment. And, and the, uh, you know, classes are outside every day as the weather gets colder it's going to be a little harder mm -hmm. to do that so have you have you any had any kind of a covid outbreaks at all no we we have we've been really lucky we we had one situation where student but that's the the family was doing the right thing the student was at home um when there was a concern of possibility so it never actually came into our school so we, we haven't had to shut any classes down as of yet. In is, our that, is that true in the other schools in Scarborough? I'm assuming you're- uh, it, it, It's varying some. I know I just read in, in the news that one of the schools has 13 cases right now. So it's like, and with the numbers climbing, it is getting concerning and, and teachers are you know more concerned. And I spend a great deal of my time talking to students and parents and teachers about the protocol of when you have to quarantine, how you have to quarantine. And, you know, there's so many different variations and I've got a flow chart and I'm constantly reading through it to let people know what's still okay and what's the next stage. And, you know, in any like this, there's always fear. So part of it is reassuring people that everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know, we have unfortunate situations will always support students who who you know have any anything that comes up and we want them to know that everyone's doing their best to make sure that we're all having a chance to be safe at school what's the points of resistance uh, by either the parents or the kids or both where, where do you where do you run a stiffers where do you get uh no mr bull and i'm not going to do that kind of thing either passively or quite directly. You know, and, and I was just talking to another administrator today, and the most amazing thing is that students have just bought in completely yeah. to following the protocol. And I, I think a part of it is they had six months of getting used to it coming in where, you know, we, we did the right thing. And, you know, we're lucky to live in the country we are in. And Canadians are generally willing to buy in and and do what's best for the common good. And the students of West Hill are no different. They've just bought in them. I have not had one student in the office who's refusing to wear a mask. They're all doing oh, what really? they're supposed to do in the classroom. Yeah. They're buying in. And is it, that really is good. Sorry, go ahead. That is very encouraging. Yeah, no, they've been yeah. great. And we really, it's less resistance. It's more 
not not knowing what to do next and that's where i'm often helping and supporting yeah. is yeah here's our next steps in this situation yeah and what about the parents of the parents bought in as well well again i mean I, we get calls and concerns you know we, we anytime you get a case in your school no matter whether it's touch the school you you need to send a letter home so you know we fielded quite a bit of calls from parents just to find out what and what and everyone wants to know who and how close was it to me and you know luckily again we were able to say you know there was no infection or connection to the school at all but you know mm -hmm. I, i'm always working with and right now we're as we move into the next quad we're just we had to offer the opportunity for any parents who wanted to send their their child virtually for next quad so we've created a survey we've gone through that we've talked to parents and we've now adjusted our schedule so any kid who wants to go virtual for next quad can go virtual and what about um things like the nefarious activities that uh, sometimes go uh, proximate to um uh, school grounds uh, how is how is all of this uh, COVID protocols uh, being handled by um, uh, some of the some of the people who are you'd rather not see close to the school? Yeah, you know, I, I, part of it too is again, I have not had one student in the office this year yet, not one. No. They are coming into school and they are doing doing you know what they're supposed to i don't have to look out for john mckay's coming into the office oh my goodness Jeez. And, yeah. I don't know what you do yeah <laughs> and and uh you know it's been nice because i've actually been trying to encourage you for me this is my first year here yeah. and actually it's my first year as a principal too so it's been a baptism by fire a little bit it's mm -hmm. thrown into thrown yeah. into this whole new conundrum that we're all in and I, and the one thing that I'm really missing is that true face-to-face -face contact with students. So mm -hmm. I've been calling in and connecting with as many kids as, and students and parents as possible, just so that we can let them know that, you know, we've had a great year here. The West Hill students have been fantastic. And I, well, I have not, not seen- baptism, Not a baptism by fire, it's a baptism by blowtorch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there are many nights I just head home and straight to bed and yeah. just get ready for the next day because it has. Well, I, I can only imagine that exhaustion is part of this uh, this new dynamic that, particularly for your teachers who are kind of front line, but but also for administration. You know, you, you know you're not doing the things you really would prefer to be doing, and you're uh, uh, and, and yet uh, you still have to you still have to get these kids through the curriculum. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned our teachers. Our teachers have been so incredible at just adapting and making the best of the situation. And, you know, it, it's just not, you know, at the beginning of the year, it's been pretty well every two to three weeks is a new thing that has to happen to support kids. And they've just kind of adapted and said, you know, we have to find the best way to support our students and done did whatever they needed to make sure our, our, our kids are being successful. So I've been, the teaching staff here have been fantastic and so supportive and that's been helpful, but it, it is, you know, one of them said, you know, the, the quote was in the paper, 
I'm June tired and it's it's October. <laughs> it's like yeah. so just everything is coming on them and it's already it, it feels yeah. like we've been here for a full year. It's it's November. Yeah, we got a few months to go here, kids. Yeah. 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 Well, we should wind this up. Um, and maybe the, the the last question should be um, an invitation to you to say you know, to, to directly say to either students or parents, uh, you know, some uh, something that you really feel needs to be gotten across uh, to um, to everybody so that we can uh, get through this, um, this uh, pandemic. Well, you know, as, as I've been saying all along, I think that what has been so amazing is the commitment of our students and parents and staff to do whatever it takes to make sure everyone's staying safe and in, in an environment where we all have a chance to learn. And, you know, we'll work together and support each other and do whatever we can to help help everyone succeed. And, you know, I think as a community, which, you know, we've shown as Canadians, we've been very good as a, as a community and, and supporting each other to get through that. And, We'll do that at West Hill. West Hill's been an amazing building. The kids and the staff have been incredible. And I'm, I'm just uh, so pleased to be part of this community here. And, and I feel that, you know, there's so much good to come and we will get to the end of this and, and, and know that everyone's done their best to make sure we, we've had a successful year. Well, uh, thank you for that, uh, Trevor. Um, that's uh, that's very encouraging. Uh, it's pretty encouraging for the the alumni, shall we say? <laughs> your possibly your oldest alumni. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and uh, it has uh, you know I think uh, trial by blowtorch actually is is a little uh, closer to the truth than uh, any of us would care to admit, um, but. Uh, yeah, I would uh, continue to encourage you, um, and I uh, I thank you for you thank you and your staff for the efforts you are putting out in these extraordinary circumstances. I I know that the community is thankful for your presence, and I know that West Hill Collegiate is an important high school in our community, and um, I think it's much better for the fact that uh, Trevor Bullen is is its new principal. And again, thank you for doing this. Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak today, Mr. McKay. I really enjoyed our chance to talk. Thanks for listening to What We Give. I'm John McKay. This podcast was produced by Amanda Capito, with support from Layla Sharif and Janisa Laws. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to What We Give on your favorite podcast player and leave us a review.